Amen. Before we preach this morning, let's just pray. And, uh, and, and while we do that, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 5, or, or chapter 6, rather. But we want to pray today over the word of the Lord. Father, we just come before you today. And I echo what Michael said, Lord. I pray for all the families. I pray for, Lord, those who are struggling in their body, physically. Lord, we thank you that you came and shed your blood, not for just for the forgiveness of sins, but the healing of our bodies. And Lord, I thank you that by your stripes we were healed. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would just get a hold of that faith today of healing for our bodies, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to bless all the families as we talk a little bit about uh, uh, kids' roles in the family today. I, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless the families, bless all the marriages. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom how we can live together as you want us to. And we, we can bring you glory in the earth through our relationships in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, as we started out, talked about, um, well, we were preaching a couple weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 5 on the roles of marriage. And now we talked last week, we started the kids' roles in the family. And so uh, a lot of people said, well, this doesn't apply to me. That's all right. You might need it for your grandkids or somebody else's kids. How many know there's always people in your family that are faithful to raise other people besides the people in their family, right? Amen. How many have ever had, you know, people that, you know, raised you, but they weren't in your family, right? Yeah. When we grew up in church, everybody was our grandmother. Everybody was your aunt and uncle. You know, everybody told us to straighten up. And uh, anyways, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, I love this. Paul goes right in. He talks about marriage, and he goes right to the children. And he talks to the children. I'm reading out of the NIV in verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, referring back to Deuteronomy and Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, that it may be, go well with you and that you may enjoy long life here on the earth. And so we said, uh, really what we see in Ephesians, the roles of children in the family are four things. Number one is to love, to obey, to honor, and to live it out. Um, so I want to just share with you the second thing today, and uh, hopefully we'll get through the rest of it and wrap up this part of the series, and that is to obey. How many know the Bible makes it clear that children are to obey? You're right, and all the parents said, amen. amen. They're to obey, and that means to be under authority, to be under, uh, sub in submission to under their authority. It means to listen attentively, to pay attention. It also means to learn and to understand. I want to just talk to you a little bit about that today. But the commandment to obey rests on the children, but the commandment to teach rests on the parents. God gave your children a desire to learn because He gave you the responsibility to teach. How many know kids have that desire to learn? You know, I don't know when they start talking, but one of the first things that they say after daddy and mommy is why. Why, 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 what, 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 right? How many of you have had those conversations, those car rides with your kid? I mean, it's like... Why does this happen? Why is that? Why are the leaves green? Why are, you know, I'm going to do that. And I, I tried to answer the best I could, you know, and sometimes we'd make a game out of it. And other times I was like, because it just is. All right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You ever those days? Why? God gave children that desire to learn because God gave the responsibility on parents to teach. And so God wants us to teach our children and that they will obey. And it's important that children obey. See, parents reserve the right to speak, and children have the opportunity to obey. As a, as a parent, I reserve the right to speak, right, to teach. I have reserved the right. And so kids have that opportunity to obey. They have that right to obey. Let me just give you two things I think so important when obedience or obeying. And that is uh, what I feel is really obvious, and that is listening. How I many listening is such a, an important communication skill? 
You know, if you look on any business site or any book that you're reading on business or leadership or marriage, one of the first things they'll say to effective communication is listening. Is that right? Yeah, oh yeah. And, and so they say, if you want to get ahead in the business world, what you want to do is to be a good salesman or a good you know, marketing expert, whatever, is listen. Listen to your customer. Listen to people. Listen to their needs. In uh, marriage, how many know you got to listen, right? In communication, you got to listen. And, and uh, that means to just to be tuned in. It means that you're tuned in or you're engaged with that person. It means that you're actually paying attention, accepting what someone is saying. Here's some of the benefits of listening. I, I wrote just from a uh, leadership book that I, a uh, business leadership book that I had. And uh, a couple of things. The benefits of listening are leadership skills. It develops leadership skills. It, you become smarter. Problems are solved. It boosts your confidence. Makes You can make fewer mistakes if you just listen more. And all the wives said. Okay. So, and, and you gain new perspectives, new ideas, new, new viewpoints. Uh, you get good advice. And one of these things that, believe it or not, you become popular. People like other people who listen. Right? So they say if you really want to attract attention and, and have friends and, and be popular, one of the things you do is you listen. So listening is an important skill. But as I read Ephesians chapter 6, go down to verses 6 through 8. It gives us some keys to obedience. It gives us some keys to obedience. Now he's talking about servants and he talks about those who are under authority. And this is why this applies to children. So the keys to obedience are this in, in uh, verse 6 of chapter 6. It says, try to please them all the time or those who are over you. Those who you're under authority. Try to please them all the time. Not just when they're watching you as servants, or, uh, but as servants or slaves to the Lord. Do the will of God with all your heart. Do it from your heart, one translation says, with your whole soul. Do it with everything within you. Work enthusiastically or with enthusiasm. Serve wholeheartedly. As though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will reward each of us for the good we do, whether you're abound or you're free, whether you're male, it doesn't matter. Whatever position you're in in life, remember this, that the Lord will reward you for what we do. And so I like this because he gives us some keys to obedience here. How many know at the very beginning when we read, children obey your parents in the Lord, last week we talked about what that means in the Lord. That, mean, that doesn't mean Christian, or, yeah, Christian parents, all right? That means because you love God, because you're born again, because you're a Christian, you obey your parents. That's what it says. And so here he's saying another one is that we are to please people because we belong to God. We're doing it to the Lord, not to just people. How many know you got to obey? And as children, you don't wait to feel obedience. You just need to obey, right? We don't wait to feel because how many know if you wait to feel something, you'll never feel it, right, to do it. And so we, we don't wait to do those things. But, you know, many kids really, uh, I think, need to exercise their right to listen before they exercise their right to speak. Amen. And so that's what a child does. They exercise their right to listen. You have that privilege. You have that right. Listen. And so that's what happens when you obey. You cannot obey without listening. So you've got to listen. You've got to have great listening skills in order to do what you're told. Is that right? So practice listening. And, uh, you know, one of the things I do believe is that listening to your kids is very important. You know, there's an old saying that kids need to be seen and not heard. Well, how many know you've got to listen to your kids every once in a while? There's a season for that. Listening to your kids. Listen to their heart, especially when they get older and become teenagers. Listen to what they like, what they don't like, what scares them, what, what they really, you know, just listen to them. Why? Because your teaching material as a parent comes from what you're listening to. So if you listen to your kids sometimes, you get some good teaching material. 
Is that right? Okay, I heard what they are. So I, so I think that's important. I think that's very important. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, a very familiar passage of Scripture about uh, those who are over, you're over in the Lord uh, or talking about our relationship with those who are over us. It says, Obey your spiritual leaders and be willing to do what they say. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. For their work is to watch over your souls. That's what parents do. And God will judge them on how well they do this. Give them reason to report joyfully about you to the Lord and not with sorrow, for then you will suffer for it too. In other words, when you make it difficult for your parents, you make it difficult for yourself. When you make it hard for your parents, you make it hard for yourself. How many know when you make it hard for your boss, you make it hard for yourself? Well, come on. If you make it hard for your wife, you just it, it's not going to be pleasant. Is that right? So it's the same with children. When you make it difficult for your parents, it becomes difficult for you. So what he's talking about here is that you need to be what? Teachable. Be teachable. That's what listening's about, being teachable. Doing it under the Lord, but being teachable, just like Jesus. The wisdom that James gives us in his uh, book, he says that we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. How many know some of us still haven't got that down? We're, we kind of reverse it. We're quick to speak and slow to listen. But the Bible teaches us that the effective communication and the way that we learn and listen is by being quick to listen. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, talking to children or to, to uh, young people, says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that listens to counsel is smart. Proverbs 19, 27 says this, and in my version it says, You become dumber when you stop listening. You become dumber when you stop listening. You, you lack wisdom when you stop receiving counsel. Proverbs 23, 22, Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. See, now unfortunately, some of our kids, or kids out there today, they get a hold of some bad teachers. They get a hold of some bad media. They're not teaching them the right way. They get a hold of bad examples. And they get a hold of uh, bad experiences. And how many know that's, they're not good teachers, right? But God wants us to have for our children that opportunity for them to learn the right way and the good way. Amen. So as long as they're in my house and under my roof and under my care, I believe my responsibility is to teach them the right way. Amen. And so that's a tremendous responsibility, really. But I believe that the power of listening, as we see here in Hebrews and Ephesians, here's some things about the power of listening. Number one, it's unto the Lord. We listen to the Lord. We're doing it to the Lord. We, we love God, so we're going to listen. We, we do it with the right attitude, and it benefits us. It benefits the children, right? Come on, there's a reward there. Is that what the Bible says? That if you make it good for your parents and those that are over you, man, if you make it easy for them, you do what they say, and man, it just is going to be good for you. Remember the promise. The promise here is, the commandment is to obey your parents and your honor your father and mother, but the promise is that it will go well with you, that you'll have a great life. I don't know any kid that doesn't want it to go well with him. In fact, they cry and scream and kick because they want it to go well for them. All right? But how many know the Bible says you don't get it through throwing a tantrum? You get it by honoring your parents. Amen. And that's how it goes well with you. Amen. Isaiah 54, verse 13. I love this. So the Lord declares, all your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. Amen. That, that's a godly home right there, isn't it? So the second thing is that when it comes to obeying, is not just listening, but learning. Learning is so important when it comes to obedience. Why? Because there's a gaining. You gain 
uh, an advantage in life when you listen. When you begin to learn what you hear, when you begin to say, okay, yes, I'll do it, right? What your parents are teaching you or, or you honor what they're saying or those over you in the Lord. Guess what? There is an advantage in life. You, you get the advantage of not having to make mistakes they did. You get the advantage of trying to avoid pitfalls in your life. Come on, somebody, amen? There's an advantage. So, so God doesn't say, well, you need to be listening to your parents just because I need to, you know, I, you need to learn what it's like to be under something. No, He does it for, to give you an advantage. He, he does it so that you'll have an advantage in life that you won't make mistakes that your parents made. Come on, somebody. Or those before you, so you'll have that advantage. Also, you have the opportunity to master life's principles. You have that opportunity. You have that opportunity if you learn from people. You have the opportunity to learn what it is to work hard, to be successful, to save money, to buy things. Come on. You have that advantage. You have that opportunity. And then also there's this, this uh, really it will determine the direction of your life. When you learn from people that are trying to teach you God's way, you, you begin to determine the direction of your life. Is that right? Determine the direction of your marriage and the direction and the, and the, and the climate of your home is when you're a learner. Amen. And so, as we talked about last week, one of the things that we have to understand that makes uh, somebody mature, what makes a teenager or young person mature, is not their age. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not their age. That's, I, thank, I thank God for boundaries. I thank God for age limits, 16, 18, 21. How many know we wouldn't want any kid driving at 10? Right? That's not good. So thank God for those things. But how many know that doesn't mark maturity? It doesn't mark maturity. What marks maturity and what determines a, a, a maturity is the character developed by listening and learning. That's what really determines maturity. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I preached years ago, and I saw in the book of Proverbs, and that is concerning learning, is there's four types of youth in the book of Proverbs. There's four types of youth in the book of Proverbs. Number one, there's a wise there's wise, there's foolish, there's lazy, and there's a rebel. The Bible talks constantly about a wise son, a wise son, a foolish son, a lazy man, and he talks about a rebel. Read it. All through the Bible, that's what he describes. There's four types of people. And so God wants our young people to be raised up, our kids to grow up to be wise, to be smart, not to be fools, not to be lazy, and not to be rebels. Is that right? Amen? So think about it. That's why it's important to apply the Word of God and to be a good listener and a good learner because then you won't end up a rebel. You won't end up somebody that doesn't like the Lord and doesn't care about God and doesn't want anything to do with church. You'll be smart. You'll be smart with your money. You'll be smart with relationships. You'll be smart with your life and the direction of your life if you'll apply God's Word. Proverbs 10.1 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Amen. And so some of the areas of life, lessons that you need to learn uh, early on are lessons of work, right? We'll talk sometime about that, the principles of work, work ethics and the principles of work. How many know God's called us to work? Amen. Remember one guy said, no, I, part of the curse in the garden is work. No, no, that was before the curse. Amen. So there's a blessing. And so we need to learn these things. You learn things about marriage and relationships and character development and money and finances. There's so many things to learn in life that will give you that edge and, and you'll gain that, that uh, really that experience in life if we'll do those things. You know, one of the things I've, I've realized is that raising boys, I, I think we could say this for young ladies as well, but especially young men, what young men need. There's, I've seen this early on when we were 
really raising four boys, and that is discipline. How many know boys need discipline? Well, I believe girls do too, but it's another way. They need discipline. Now, that's not punishment, but there's a discipline there, right? Need discipline, need responsibility, and they need purpose. And I think it's so important that we see this as raising our kids that they need that discipline. They just can't, you know, do whatever they want whenever they want. They need disciplines. There's disciplines in their life that they need to, come on, need to learn before they get married, before they get older, before they get a job. How many know there's disciplines that you have to have? Dis disciplines you have. Why? Because disciplines in your heart lead to disciplines in your life. And when we teach our kids there's certain things that we've got to discipline ourselves in and yourself, man, I'll tell you, it gives them that gain, that edge in life. They have that extra step. There's that advantage they have, amen, that they won't be able to suffer some of the things we did when we were growing up or when we came on and, and with some left lessons that we can pass down. You know, what makes a, a really good father? Can it, we, you know, we usually talk about this on Father's Day. What, what, what makes a really good father? Well, he's at home all the time, or he provides, or he does this. You know, what makes a really good father is that he learned to be a good son. He learned to honor. He learned to learn some things. He learned to listen, right? Now, I'm not, I didn't say a perfect son, right? But I said a good son. Because how many know some of you are a little crazy out there when you're teenagers, but somehow you listened to what your dad had or mom had to say, and when you got older, you kind of applied those things, and you learned some things from them, right? So you weren't perfect, but you were good, right? You were okay. And, uh, and your mom will always tell you you're good. So that's good. Amen. But you know, the opposite of learning is, I thought, well, what would be the opposite of learning? What are some of the opposite things of learning? It's to ignore, it's to neglect, it's to miss out, or to just lose. It's when kids don't, when, don't want to learn, when they neglect what's being taught. When their parents are teaching, and then it goes one in, in ear and out the other, and they just ignore it, and they think, well, you guys came over on the ark, or you don't know what you're talking about. You don't, you don't know how to work a phone, and you don't know the latest you know, app that's going on right now, and you just don't understand technology. How many know parents, as I always say, may not have uh, you know, a lot of uh, cultural experience, but we do have life experience. Amen? And so I believe it's important that uh, to understand and to teach your kids, listen, don't be ignorant. Don't, be, don't ignore what I'm saying. Don't miss out because you will lose in the end if you don't learn what we're teaching you. Amen. And I believe that there is a spirit of no rules. Obviously, in a godless culture, in a godless society, there's a spirit that gets on people. No rules. I don't need rules. I don't need authority. I don't need people telling me what to do. How many of those, those people are almost impossible to live with? I mean, they're almost, they can't, you can't really hold a job. They think they can do better than the boss, and they don't need to be told what to do. Don't tell them when to come in. Don't when to, when, you know, when their job, you know, come on. How many know there's, that spirit gets on people of no rules? And so I believe that one of the things that God uh, does is that he helps our children get a love for what's right, but a love for rules, a love for standards, a love for disciplines, a love for uh, parameters. Amen. And so God gave children, parents, so they, can, they know their limits. Did you know that? That's what God gave uh, children parents for. So they would know their limits. And so they would know, amen, there's no such thing as no rules. We've got to go by uh, God's rule. Is that right? We've got to go by God's ways. And so I believe that uh, as we look at learning and we talk about listening and learning, there's really only one source. And kids need to know this and they find this out early on in their life. The source is that handbook that it's God's word. It's God's Word. How many know God's Word is the life's handbook, right? And it's God's Word. And so kids need to come to the place early on where they embrace God's Word as their life's handbook. 
It's not just something that my parents are teaching me them, you know, to be quiet or to be respectful or, you know, don't steal, don't, you know, we need to tell the truth, we can't lie. How many know that's not for their benefit, it's your, for your benefit, and it's according to the Bible. Amen. A lot of people don't like the fact that we teach our children from a young age the Bible because they claim we're brainwashing them. No, we're giving them the best foundation, the strongest foundation to live the rest of their life. How many know God's Word is something you actually build your life on? It's not just a, we're not raising Christian kids, we're raising godly kids. Is that right? I, I don't want my, my kids to vote like a Christian would vote. I want them to vote a godly way. For the godly, come on, the godly principles and godly character. I don't want them to just do what Christians do. I want them to be godly in their home. Amen. We go to church because that's what Christians do. No, we go to church because we love God and we want to fellowship with other people and we value the word of God and we value fellowship. That's a godly kid. Amen. So that's what we want to do. We want to put our, our train our kids that way and, and kind of, so it's very important that kids learn that at, at an early age. You know, Jesus, as we talked about last week in Luke chapter 2, was 12 years old. 12 years old, and he was astounding the lawyers and doctors of the day. Can you imagine that? At 12 years old, these guys are like asking him questions. But you know what the Bible makes it clear? This is what it says. He was sitting among teachers. How many know kids need to learn? And it's good. It's good to teach your kids to talk to your, their grandparents and talk to them and ask them how, what they did when they were young and get advice from them. It's good, isn't it? Talk to their aunts and their uncles and give them advice. And don't just, just don't think that every adult doesn't know what they're talking about. No, you need to learn from adults. Teach them at a young age that, that we've got something to say. You can sit among teachers. He was listening. He was asking questions and he was giving answers. What kid today would spend three days, if they were lost, you know, like Jesus was lost at the mall, I mean, for three days, what kid would actually want to just talk about the Bible? There's not too many, do right? Amen. Why? Because I think sometimes in our culture, we allow media to take that place of being that initial teacher and that initial, uh, you know, joy in their life. I, I believe that, yeah, kids aren't going to, the average kids don't want to sit around and talk about, you know, trivial pursuit questions and, you know, who was the, the grandson and second removed cousin of Enoch. I got that. Amen. Kids who want to want to play games. But there was a desire in Jesus' heart at a young age. I want to, I want to sit at the feet of God's Word. I want to learn about God's Word. I think that's a good desire we put in our kids. Let, you know, put that desire in your kids to want to learn from God's Word. Amen. So I want to thank the Lord for a good children's ministry and a good youth ministry. And because we found those ministries on the Word of God. We don't just do it on games. Games are good. Come on. Games are great and, and all those things. And, and uh, I don't know if they have Fruit of the Loops, whatever, the cereal today. I could use some. But those things are great. But how many know we, we really base our ministries on the Word of God? Why? Because kids need to get it in their heart at an early age. The Bible says that I've hid your word in my heart that I may not, what, sin against you. And how many know the earlier the better? Is that right? How many are here today because you sat in a Sunday school room or a Sunday school teacher poured the Word of God in your life? Come on, how many know, you, you know songs about the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Come on, you learned that as a kid. You put the Word of God in your heart at a young age. How many know that's good, isn't it? That's the right thing to do. And so Jesus gave that example to us. Let me finish this part by reading Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. I like this. It says this in the living Young man, obey your father and your mother. Take to heart all of their advice. Keep in mind everything they tell you. Every day and all night long, their counsel will lead you and save you from harm. 
When you wake up early in the morning, let their instructions guide you into the day. For their advice is a beam of light directed into the dark corners of your mind to warn you of danger and give you a good life. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Think of the responsibility we have as, teach, as, as teachers or parents. Think of the responsibility you have, they have as children. How many know we, they've got the equal responsibility to listen as we do to teach? Amen. And so in verses 24 through 29, it really kind of continues to show us. It's, it's an awesome uh, chapter, but it continues to show us why it's important to keep the instructions of our parents in the Word of God. Let me go through some things that, that I've, I've kind of got from these verses. Number one, uh, it keeps you from wrong relationships. Over and over again, in fact, the first seven chapters of Proverbs, uh, Solomon is warning his sons against wrong relationships. So keep you from wrong relationships, to point you the areas in your life that need fixing and needs change and need develop, to make you successful. How many know it's every parent's desire to make their children successful, isn't it? Should be. Is that right? Should be. But here's one of the couple of things they have to know, as uh, Solomon writes here, is that as, a, as children, you have to understand is that the authority over you has a God perspective. They have a God perspective. The authority over you and, and, and your parents and those over you in the Lord, they have a God perspective. God is forming and shaping you through the authority over you. Your parents and the authority figures in your life are authorized, or what we like to say, anointed to mold you and instruct you. How many know God gives you grace to do that as a parent? The day that you leave the hospital with your firstborn, the grace is on you to be the parent. There's a grace on you. There's almost an anointing on you to really parent that child. Amen. And so they're going to tell you what you need to hear. Your parents are going to tell you what you need to hear. How many know if it was up to your kids, they wouldn't want to hear anything right? Right? Just wake up whenever you want, watch all kinds of TV, eat junk food, and stay up late and run around the neighborhood. Right? Come on. Thank God it's not left up to us. Amen. As kids. But we have to have that. And so one of the things we have to, they have to understand is... Uh, you know, really is that parents don't have to understand everything to teach you something. How many know your parents, maybe they didn't have a big education, but they taught you a lot. Is that right? Amen. And so uh, they may not have, again, culture experience, but really they have that life experience. That's what we depend on. Amen. I like to t say to young people is that your parents have already been you. You haven't been your parents. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? We've already been you. We, we were you once, Right? We were there. And so I, I believe that if a child only will listen to what they want to hear, as someone said, you'll become someone you hate. Amen. Let me say that again. If you only listen to what you want to hear, you'll become someone you, wanna ha you hate. So the third thing that we see is honor. And I'm going to go through this quickly is honor. So we talk about love and obey, obeying your parents, but honoring your parents. Because you can't get away with talking without talking about this. In the Ten Commandments, we see this is right in the middle, number five. The first four commandments are about worshiping God and how God, you know, our response to God. But then the next five through ten is about our relationship with other people. And I don't think it's a mistake that it starts out with honor your father and your mother. Because a lot of the other relationships in our life have to do with these relationships early on in our life. Amen. So what does it mean to honor? It means to value, to receive, means to support. It means to prize Put a prize there. There's a an, an, there's a, a price tag there. It's expensive. It's valuable. You treat with significance, as uh, one translation says. I, I believe that honor is not for submission, but honor is from the heart. 
That's what the Bible teaches. Honor is from the heart. Amen. You know, it's interesting. If you look at the Old Testament, people began to make idols when they didn't honor God. And so likewise, kids will make idols out of unhealthy figures in their life when they don't honor their parent. They'll begin to idolize unhealthy people. Come on, and unhealthy uh, uh, figures in their life and idolize these people when they don't honor their parents. And I think as a child, you need to embrace your parents as authority figures in your life. It's very important that you do that. As Jesus said, as the example of Jesus in the temple, after Jesus left the temple at 12, the Bible says he went home and he was obedient to his parents. He was subject to them for 18 years. That's pretty good, isn't it? And so I believe that. You know, the Bible also supports the, the, really the principles that kids uh, at some season and time in their life will separate from their family to begin a life on their own. But how many know the Bible does not support ever being released from honoring your parents? The Bible teaches us that we need to, at some point in some season in your life, you're going to leave your parents and you're going to cling to your wife or you're going to begin to build a life of your own. Is that right? But never does it free us from honoring our parents. In fact, the call of God, the call to follow Jesus, does not release you from honoring your parents. Just because you are called to follow Jesus and Him to be your Lord doesn't mean that you can stop honoring your parents. We see this example of how James and John were working in their father's fishing business. And Jesus came by one day and said, follow me. And the Bible says that they left not just the boats, they left their father. Specifically, it says that. And they followed Jesus. And so to follow Jesus, how many know we understand that sometimes your, your, your family is not going to agree. In fact, there might be violent disagreement to following Jesus with your family. Jesus even said that you've got to, in order to follow him, you've got to love less your parents. Your friends, your family, come on, your brother or sister, you got to love God more in order to be His disciple. Is that right? Yeah. And so also, I, I believe that there's also this willingness that we have to have to, to face total rejection from our family to follow Jesus. But how many know God's not going to break down one commandment to lift up another? He's not going to violate one commandment so that you can start living another. If God, you know, Jesus told uh, James and John to, to follow him and they left their father, I believe there was a mutual agreement. I believe that there was a season and, and a time that that was good to leave them, right? To leave their father. Jesus never taught people, follow me and dishonor your parents. Never. How many know you can, be, you can honor your parents and still follow Jesus? Amen. But even if you had a, a close relationship with the Lord more than your parents, as you get older, sometimes maybe you are really into the things of the Lord more than your parents, or maybe that you have a greater revelation of the things of God. How many know that doesn't release you from honoring your parents? The Bible says as Jesus was subject to his parents at the age of 12 for 18 years, the Bible says during those 18 years, he increased in wisdom, statue, and favor with God and man. Amen? Hallelujah. The good part is, is I'm almost done. Hallelujah. So the other thing is, is that we're not released from honoring our parents if they're sinners and don't know the Lord. And maybe they're, not, uh, they're unchurched. They don't even understand you and don't understand this new religion. How many know we're still not released from honoring our parents? We need to do that. Why? Because respect may be earned, but honor is given. Amen. Come on. How many know respect is earned? Is that right? But honor is given. And I've in our experience of working with young people, one of the things that so many young people desire, even in a broken marriage, a broken home, they've maybe not even met their father or their mother. They desire to meet him. I want to meet my dad. I want to know who my, my dad is. I want to know who my mom is. I want to know where I came from in my family, and I want to know those things. And, you know, 
We worked with a, uh, a young person one time where their father had left the family and, and had just been really uh, absolutely obnoxious and just been really unlovable to the family. And as this young person got older, they really wanted to reach out. I want to really know my dad. I want to know him. I want to love him. I want to build a relationship with him. And as they reached out to him, they discovered what, uh, you know, their mom discovered years ago that he was just unlovable. He was just an unlovable man. He just was not going to be a very nice man to, to get along with. And this young person made up in their mind that I'm going to honor my father as my father. Every Christmas, every birthday, every Father's Day, I'm going to give him a card and thank him for being my dad. But I don't respect his actions. Come on, how many know you, you don't have to respect disrespectful actions, but you can honor disrespectful people? Is that right? How many know that? You don't have to respect disrespectful actions. We're not telling you to respect or, or you know, yes, I need to just let uh, my dad be abusive. No, you don't have to respect those kind of actions, but you do. You can honor him as your father. Is that right? Come on. You know, and this young person made up in their mind that I'm going to honor my father and I'm going to just show him love. And you, wouldn't you know it, that this man's heart began to melt and he just began to open up more and, and just really receive the love of Jesus. So I believe that God can do those things. Is that right? Amen. So we learned about loving and obeying and honoring. And then I think the last thing is living it out. As a child, as a young person, you are to live it out. You are to live out what you've been taught, what you heard, what you've, uh, uh, what, all the things from God's Word. You're to live it out. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3, says that the promise is that things will go well with you. That you'll have a long life on the earth. I don't know about you, but everybody wants to live long, right? Everybody wants everything to go right with them. So how do kids live it out? Number one, they, they live out what they've been taught. They act on it. They conform to what they've been taught. They live right. How many know that's, that's what kids want, need to do? They need to live right. We're getting our kids not to be right, but we want them to live right. Amen? How many know Christians are that way? We're, we're, not, we're not trying to be right. We're trying to get it right. Right? Come on. That's what it's all about. And so we want our kids to live right. We want our kids to go the right way with the right decisions. And so that's what it means to be a kid. You want to live right. Do what's right with the right decisions. And you want to build. Build character. Build relationships. And build for the future. And even as a child, when you're young, you're setting the stage for how your life will go and how things will work. And how many know you're preparing for marriage? I told the teenagers, I'd ask them all the time, when do you prepare for marriage? Oh, like a week before? No, no, no. No, you know, right now, as a, as a teenager, you're preparing for marriage. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ah, oh, no, I'm not, no, I can't do it. My mom said I'm not allowed to date till I'm 30. I can't do that, right? Amen. How many know you're preparing for marriage? You're preparing to be a father, a mother. You're preparing to, to have a career and to work and to work hard and provide for your family. How many know that's good, right? You've got to prepare for those things. But the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11.9, it says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your, your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that all these things, after all these things, God will bring you into judgment. How many know you're going to be accountable for what you do when you're young, right? You've got to be responsible for those things. It's great to have fun. And I think kids need to have fun. And your family needs to be fun. But how many know, whatever you do... God's going to hold you, hold you accountable for. So he said, yeah, it's great. You can rejoice and let your heart rejoice and follow after your heart and do all those things. But you've got to go God's way. 
You've got to do it right. You've got to listen to what you've been taught. You've got to live it out. You can't just, uh, just grow up and say, well, I'll just, I'll just, you know, as I get older, I'll just see how life comes at me and I'll just I'll do what I want to do and just kind of float and everything. How many know those, those hippie days are over, right? We don't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. A lot of times you just can't make a living and raise a family just working at McDonald's or something like that. Or I'll just, I'll beg on the streets. How many know that's not a good perspective? That's not a good life goal, right? It's not a good uh, work ethic. Amen. But see, this is one of the things I realized as uh, well, we were in the youth ministry. I, I used to look for resources about raising kids and teenagers. And you know what I found out? I found out there was a lot of material for kids. That's always good. And there was a little material for teenagers. And when it came to the material and the resources that I discovered about parents, uh, it was very, very few, but it was all dressed to parents about their teens, about how to fit into your teen's world, how to understand them, how to get it. Like, you just don't get them, right? As if they're just some weird people that live in your house, right? They're your kids. So I thought, well, why isn't there any books on addressed to teenagers about fitting into your parents' world? How many know that's what it should be about? Well, uh, no, it's all about them. No, it's all about you. It's all about your marriage and what you're teaching them, right? Come on. Don't make it all about them. Make it all about your family. Make it all about the future. Make it all about the Lord. Amen. And so I I realized that there was nothing uh, really on the shelves to teens about how to fit in their parents' world. And yet, isn't that the issue that we have? The issue is, is that we're busy, we're working, we're trying to do this, we're this, and these kids just want to veg, and we feel like we're dragging them along with us. Amen. I mean, how many know you're playing video games all day and doing this and doing that? How many know sometimes you feel like I, I have to drag them to the table to eat, get them out of bed? I've got to make them brush their teeth. I've got to remind them to do this and remind them to do that. How many know it should be that kids need to know how to fit in your parents' world? Uh, come on, think about it. So let me give you some things here. First of all, uh, to kids, how to fit in your parents' world. Know that your parents have to provide for you. Never thought of that, did you? Did you know the average price to raise a child from 0 to 18 is over $230,000? One kid. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a lot of money. And it's probably even more than that, the way my kids eat. Think about it. I mean, that's a lot of money, isn't it? For one kid, if you've got four, five, six, right? Come on, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of money. Where are you going to come up with that? That's a lot of hours you got to work. So we got to provide for you. Listen, your parents aren't allowed to think for themselves. they got to think about you. They've got to, they can't think for themselves. Uh, they're commanded by God to raise you right. God is holding them accountable to raise you right. They're under pressure from the Lord. Uh, they've changed their lifestyle to fit you, to fit your family. Some of them have put their uh, careers on hold so they can raise you and love you. I mean, that, that's, that takes a lot. How many know what I'm talking about? All right? Come on, some of them had to change careers and jobs, but... When you were born, they had to make things work. They're working two or three jobs. They're, you know, not only is your dad working, your mom has to work, and then they're trying to do some extra stuff and sell this on the side, right? To buy you some new pair of shoes. And the rate that the shoes are going today, man, you're going to have to work three jobs just to pay for the shoelaces on those shoes, right? And so you got to realize, kids, that your parents are people too. That's a big revelation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have needs, too. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved. They want to be appreciated. You know, they're just people, too. Get to know them as people. Get to know them as, wow, they work hard. They do this. They do that. They like sports. They like that. Get to know your, your parents as people. 
And you've got to understand something. One of the things we told young people all the time, one of the revelations that we tried to give them is maybe you embarrassed your parents. Did you ever think of that? Did you ever think about we don't like to go to the mall with you sometimes? Because of the hairstyle? Because of the clothes? What do you call that? I don't know this person. You know? Come on, sometimes I like the story that I'm always reminded of when I say that about how kids embarrass parents is one time this woman had a, some people over for dinner at her house. And so they sat down for dinner and she asked her six-year-old daughter to pray. And she said, well, I don't know what I would say, Mommy. And she said, well, just say what you hear Mommy say. And so she bowed her head and she said, dear Lord, why did I invite these people over for dinner? Right? Amen. Let me give you some more things. Says, Watch a movie with your parents. Play a game with them. Write a letter or email. Give them a card. They always like that. How many uh, at Christmas? Let your parents open their presents first. How many? That's a that's a big one right there for kids, right? You know, clean the house without being asked. Take a walk or a drive with them. Sit by them at social events. Acknowledge them at social events. Ask them how their week was. Buy them something they would like. Put your arms around them as much as possible. Tell them you love them today, and don't stop doing these things ever. How many of the Bible says that we love our parents or obey our parents in the Lord? So I don't know, some of the little kids, I don't know if they got this or maybe the parents, but you can repeat that to them. But how many know God wants us to raise mighty men and women of God? Amen. And you know something? When a child, uh, really a young person, steps in their role to love, to obey, to honor, to live these things out, then the commandment that God gave to Adam to multiply comes to pass. We think multiply just means to procreate. No, he said replenish the earth, but he told him to multiply. How many know the Bible says every seed brings forth after its own kind? God doesn't have just you in mind. He has generations in mind. And so when your kids do this, now all of a sudden there's another generation that has an opportunity to know the Lord and be raised right. Amen? This is the promise of multiplication because there's a promise of obedience. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. What, what a challenge it was to talk to kids and discover their role, but I believe it's necessary. Amen. I'm going to know some of the greatest needs in the streets of Williamsport is still fathers and mothers. Still some of the greatest need. Amen. You know, kids just don't learn things on their own. They have to be taught. And so I want to just pray for you today as the instructor, as the teacher, as the coach, as you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're an aunt or uncle or a parent, and you're helping raise kids. I want to pray for you today that God gives you wisdom. How many know in Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about the seven spirits of God. It talks about the Holy Spirit is the spirit of comfort, but it's also the spirit of knowledge. The spirit of wisdom and spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel comes on you. So, you know, as, a, as a, maybe a single mom or a single dad, maybe a, a new parent, I want to pray that grace is your strength today. That God gives you the grace to raise your kids, to work hard and to do what you've got to do to, to raise up a godly generation. I don't know about you, but we want godly seed, right? Amen. It's not just about us. Look, look the center is not about me. The, the, the outreach center isn't about me. It's about your kids. Come on, somebody. It's about, I look out and see Nicole asleep on her grandfather's shoulder today. It's about her. It's about the next generation. You know, what did Jesus tell the women that, that wept for him at the, as he was carrying his cross through the streets of Jerusalem? What did Jesus tell him? He said, don't weep just for yourselves. Weep for your children. Weep for your children because it's going to be bad for them. 
Jesus was always thinking, God's always thinking about the next generation. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so we want to pray today for the next generation, for us. Amen. To raise the next generation the way we should. Can we just lift our hand to heaven today and just pray? Maybe you have grandkids that don't know the Lord. Maybe there's brokenness in your family. You don't see them much. Maybe there's uh, just things going on right now in your family that are just uh, really heavy on your heart. I just want you to pray today and ask the Lord, God, I give you this burden. I want you to take this burden today. I want you to do a work in our family. Lord, I ask you to do a work in our families that we can know what it is for kids to obey their parents and love their parents and honor their parents and live what they've been taught. Live it out. Live it out and do what's right. Lord, we pray today for the instructors, Lord, the teachers, the parents, Lord, the aunts and uncles and the grandparents, those who are responsible and carry that responsibility of teaching. May we teach them your word. Show us things in the word and, Lord, in the Bible about work and about finances and about relationships that we can pass down to our children, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you give us grace that we've never had before we step into the strength of your grace. Lord, to be the instructors and the teachers that we need to be. Right now in the craziness of our life, the craziness and the busyness of our family and our home and our marriages, Lord, I pray that we would, Lord, experience, Lord, that the, the teacher anointing in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray a blessing on all the marriages and all the children and all the families in this city. I pray, Lord, even if they don't know you, I pray that, and if they're married, I pray that they would find you, discover your ways, Lord, through their marriage, Lord, somehow, some way. I pray that the young people would be saved and there'd be a movement among the teenagers in this day, in this age, in our city, Lord, that we've never seen before, coming back to their fathers, coming back to their mothers, coming back to the place of righteousness. When it comes to family, in Jesus' name, we just pray, Lord, for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said...